when it comes to the flexibility, that's where the flexibility comes into. And that's why PUAs are important because if this was a hundred percent base and this was a hundred thousand dollars, uh, just like it is for this example, you would be forced to pay a hundred thousand dollars every single year. If this was a hundred percent base policy instead of a, a 30% base. This is Better Wealth with Caleb Williams. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Better Wealth Podcast. I'm here with the dominator in the studio, uh, our and asset specialist. His real name's Dom, by the way. <laughs> Someone's going to like get on a call sometime and just be like, hey, are you the dominator? <laughs> nice to meet uh, you. <laughs> but we are talking today about a common question that comes up, and it's really around the flexibility of life insurance and, and really built around like, what, what do I, what's my required payment? When I uh, fund an and asset, and what if I can't pay? What if we hit hard times? And we always want to help people optimize and lock intentional living here, um, just in general as a company. And it's very important that people understand the flexibilities, the pros and cons of certain setups, and making sure that they are better off having this implemented in their life. And so just just so you know, there's two types of people and there's two types of paths. A lot of people are going through our unlimited program, the workshop, and very much getting a holistic view of their cash flow, their consumption, what their savings and creating strategies around that. Since this is YouTube, financial entertainment, we know that it's 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 a lot more niche. And obviously this could be on our podcast as well. And so we're just answering certain questions, but I don't want anyone to take this in a vacuum and, and take this as investment advice. And so with that, Dom, well, how do you answer the question about, I can't pay my premium or what are the flexibility or what's kind of option B when it comes to funding a life insurance? Amazing. So I'm going to draw here on this board and uh, we, we just did a, a recent video that explained uh, the base, the PUAs and the term rider. You can go ahead and watch that as well, but I'm going to do a same exact drawing and make sure that, to draw it over here that will give you a better understanding of what I am going to explain. So do the same exact illustration in regards to a cylinder. And I'm going to draw the same exact thing that I had in the previous thing, previous video. So, so we, in the previous video that Dom is um, referencing is the difference between pace, base, PUA, term riders, how much you can stick in, and this is a very good follow-up question to that video. Amazing. So just to kind of reiterate the difference between the base and the PUA, the base is essentially, think of it as a cost of insurance, um, and the PUA is essentially the extra cash going into it. It's there's a, it's a little bit more in-depth than that, but from a simplistic standpoint, it's an easy uh, point for, for you and myself to understand. And so within the life insurance contract, there is one specific amount that the life insurance company requires us to pay on an annual basis to keep the policy in force. And that is this base amount. Okay. So this is required every single year on an annual basis. You have to pay the base to keep the policy in force. Now, the PUA is anything extra above the base that we can put into it. So this is going to be our maximum. Okay maximum threshold that we can put into it up to this line because anything above it right it becomes a mech we don't want that to happen so this is our maximum and this is essentially our minimum okay the base amount so at any point in time we can put any amount of dollars in between this amount if we choose to okay but the minimum amount that we have to pay at any point in time is the base 
Okay, so I'm just gonna use an example. If the annual contract, the annual contract, we required 100K to put into the policy, okay? So we'll just say that the base is 30K and the PUA is 70K, okay? So this is the PUA. So at any point in time, we can pay up to $100,000, but the minimum amount that we have to pay every single year is 30K. So if you get into a cash flow crunch or you know that year you lost your job or something happens, we can essentially not have to pay the full 100K. All we have to do is worry about the minimum amount, which is the 30K to keep the policy in force. And so when it comes to the flexibility, that's where the flexibility comes into. And that's why PUAs are important because if this was 100% base and this was $100,000, uh, just like it is for this example, you would be forced to pay $100,000 every single year if this was 100% base policy instead of a 30% base. So this is a 70% of it and this is the 30%. And we have to, at the bare minimum, always pay the base. So this is why uh, an infinite banking slash and asset policy has a benefit because uh, you have that flexibility in case a uh, cash flow or something in life happens. Um, and if, for instance, as well, if we uh, people ask as well, like, well, what happens if I just can't even afford the the base? Like, what happens if I can't afford that? Then what do we do? Well, here's a, a nifty little with, thing with with cash flow, right? With yeah, yeah. If, if somebody asks, what if happens if I can't pay the base with cash flow that's coming out of my pocket? And so something that we can do to offset that is let's say we had $200,000 in our policy because it was year three. We can take a loan against our policy to pay for this minimum amount. So we took a policy for 30K that paid for the base. And then that allows us the following year to pay back that policy loan. And there's also catch-up provisions in policies in certain companies that'll allow you to pay the PUA that you missed from the previous year. So if I only paid $30,000, right? And the $100,000 was the most that I could pay, the companies will allow you to do a catch-up to where I can pay that 70 plus the 100K the following year. And then also we could pay the policy loan back as well. So there's a lot of flexibility there. There's ways to keep the policy in force. And, you know, as long as we, you know, that's why we also love front loads because when we do a front load into a policy, let's say this policy, you know, we had a, a $300,000 front load, right? This was a front load. We now have a ton of security, yeah. a ton of flexibility, uh, tons of ways to make sure the policy is enforced because we have cash to work with in case something happens and a uh, cash flow crunch happens in our life or just anything of uh, emergency comes up. I absolutely love that, man. And one other thing that I want to mention is the term rider usually would be a required payment because if you if you if you don't pay that, it could mech. And so, at going back to when we have the base term rider and PUA, the term rider in many cases is a combination using the PUA so that you can stick more in. Usually, that's also a required print. Payment. I don't know if there's an exception to that in, with a company that we work with. Yeah, the majority of them will require that. And, and the beautiful part is when you look at an illustration, you can scroll down and it breaks it down like how much goes to base, how much goes to PUA, how much is the term writer, right? And every company's is, is different from the names of it, but it shows you specific amounts that you are required to pay from an annual basis. One thing, and this is again, this is not an investment advice, it's not insurance advice, um, but Typically, I like people that have reserves somewhere that they can at least pay the base. And we have some people that want to leverage their whole policy. And it's, by the way, it's who am I, right? 
but it's always like we always recommend there be at least cash somewhere you could pay the base because um if you don't pay the base um then it could lapse and that that's never a good thing and that would defeat the whole purpose why you started and so life happens and so i love front load front loading policies and i love um building up a reserve before we start borrowing and and, and leveraging because leverage is great until it's not yeah. and um so any any final thoughts i, I actually like this crazy drawing man it, yeah. it makes some sense yeah thank you i appreciate that and uh and caleb said that there's uh there's no good reason for a lapse and in my opinion i i agree because you're destroying the compounding interest that the policy has and you know you always want to keep that policy in force as long as possible but worst case scenario yeah. if the policy does lapse and it does surrender um you can just take the you know with with if you if there was nothing in it yeah. then we just we're just good well, to go and nothing essentially would happen up to there's the, the, okay we're getting into a whole new can of yeah now, yeah this which, video just which, got longer yeah, it just got longer officially <laughs> unfortunately so if uh you have to understand you know how uh loans work and the difference between a loan and withdrawal and the tax implications if a policy does lapse and so ultimately up to your basis and think of basis as the amount of money that you contributed you never have to pay any taxes on that no matter what if we were to take a, a withdrawal the growth of that okay so if i put in hundred thousand and it grew to one hundred and twenty thousand, if i were to withdraw that physically withdraw that i have to pay taxes on that 20 percent okay and that's going to be taxed at your income um so with that being said, if a policy lapses and you've taken a policy loan for that full 120K, it's going to be taxed the same exact way where I now have to pay taxes on that 20K. So that is the downside to it is if your policy lapses and you've taken out a max policy loan, you are going to have to pay taxes on that that difference. You know, But if you're within the first, let's say, five years or so and your policy lapses, you haven't had any growth on it up to that point. So at that point, there's really no negative except the arbitrage of the amount of money you put in and the amount of money that was available for the loan. Yeah. And the only thing that I'll add is uh, here, it's what you were referencing before. And obviously ta the tax con consequence is huge, but if you put money into a savings account then you take that money out and put it into just, we'll just say X, Y, or Z and it goes away. Like it's, you have no money. It's like there. So it's like, if you invest in a, a speculative investment, and, and it blows up, blows up, okay? If And so so that's option one. Option two is you put money into a policy and then you take a loan against it and into XYZ and it blows up. Well, you have you have two options. You could lapse the policy and, and assuming that there's, and by the way, if you pay interest, that means you actually had more money in the policy than what you put in. So it's not the worst case scenario. So you would have option one is you could just lapse Option two is you could keep the loan and 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 figure out a way to repay. And that could be a super ninja trick because you get all the benefits of compounding, even though this thing went went down the tube. Um, and so you you have options, but the worst case scenario is it's not like it's it's not like you get a bill for a loan. You you only can leverage the money that you have, which some people don't like some people want to leverage even more which is which is fine there's other scenarios out there that that could be the case but in this you're not leveraging any money that you don't have so it's it's essentially the same as having savings and losing it in an investment see you can't open up a can of worms with me because i'm like i don't like to leave things on this is why youtube's hard it's like they're 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 saying oh just just make a video make it super clickbaity and answer the question and and we really want to serve and 
I, I want you guys, if you do this strategy, to do it right. Um, and so if you have any other questions, we have comment below. We want to hear from you. If you like this video, share this. Um, betterwealth.com is our website. And if you want to learn more about the AND asset, I'm sure there'll be a link that's directing you in, in the right way to go as it relates to learning more and potentially talking to an AND asset specialist. Any final words? It's amazing. Amazing. It's absolutely amazing. <laughs> so that's a, that's a no. Go out and live intentionally. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to the Better Wealth Podcast. It would mean the world to me if you could hit subscribe, leave a review, and share this with the people that you know and love.